You know, anytime you begin to talk about generosity, I think the fundamental question is this. Generosity as a value has to eventually get to, does me being generous enable me to look more like Jesus than me being greedy, than me being self-focused, or whatever it happens to be? And the answer is wholeheartedly yes. You see, generosity is not what someone can get from you. That's not what generosity is. Generosity is a deep conviction of all that you have received from Jesus is an outflow and an overflow of what you have received, which you couldn't buy, that in that place, all of our life begins to look and take on this form of generosity. I would go so far as to say, There are two things. There are two fundamental things. If you and I want to make a Jesus-sized difference in the city in which we live, that if you live as though your feelings and your thoughts and your beliefs are not the ultimate authority of your life, if you live as though God's word is greater than those things and that Jesus is over those things, then you will begin to live a counter-cultural life. And the second thing I would say is when you begin to live and model generosity, you are living in a counter-cultural spirit because there are far too many followers of Jesus who were saved, but somewhere along the way they stopped at salvation and were not been transformed. So again, that we're a blessing the way God God intends and God desires. And if you and I, when it comes to looking at not only our finances, but including our finances, if you and I are not transformed, in other words, if we are of the exact same substance of the world, then how can you and I bring any light in the midst of the darkness? How can we live with a countercultural, not a better than, but living with a different king into a different kingdom mindset? It's critical for you and for I. So the heart of generosity this next month together, we're going to look first today at the heart of it, and then we're going to move to the head of it. How do you think about it? Where do we get, where do we get stuck? Then we're going to get to the actual hands of it. And the last Sunday, you know what we're going to talk about? Because it's another H word. We're going to talk about the hurdles of generosity. Because I can't think of one other topic that has been, in various times and seasons, butchered so badly. By TV preachers. Causing us to move into a different kingdom of buying and selling healing rather than sowing and reaping and receiving all that God has done. You know, as a pastor, I want you to know something up front as we go through this whole series. It is never my job and it's never anybody's job with spiritual authority to raise funds from you. No, 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 a thousand times no. It is to teach you who God is, that we embody who God is. And when we know who God is from that place, we don't raise funds, we release. And if you're not free to give it, we're not free to receive it. We don't take up an offering at Life Center. We receive what it is that you're giving. Entirely, entirely different. So when we talk about generosity, here's what we mean. is we give generously with joy. Everyone say with joy. That may be aspirational for some of us today. But we give generously with joy. And then our generosity is a reflection of our love. It's not just a percentage. So it's never just a percentage. It's a duty or a duty, but it is a delight. Generosity is we start where others stop because we believe wholeheartedly that generosity changes lives, first and foremost ours. 
and then those with whom we are a blessing to around us. By show of hands this morning, how many of you would say that the topic of prayer is important to understand if you would like to grow as a follower of Jesus? If you think prayer is important to grow, can I see your hands please? Okay, great. How about faith? Do you think faith is an important topic to look at in order to grow? These are all just easy yes questions. They're not trick questions. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. All right. Well, if you look through the whole scriptures, there's about 500 verses on prayer and about 500 or so on faith. But you know that in the scriptures, there's over 2,000 about finances and possessions. It's almost though God knows that we as humans, as Toju said a moment ago, it's almost as though he knows that we fall in love with created things over the creator, that we believe that, that it's not my God shall supply all my needs, it's that my bank account, my employer, my stuff will fill my soul. And if you've lived any longer than at least five years, you have quickly discovered that stuff doesn't fill your soul for very long. All right? One of my favorite scriptures is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, and it says this, But as you excel in everything, so the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and he says, As you excel in faith, which is so vital, in speech, how we speak to one another, and how we speak to the world around us. How many know that when we speak as Christians, it may not appear as though, but there are people listening. And it matters how we speak and what we say, all those things. That we want, to, we want to excel in knowledge, in understanding things, in, in all earnestness. And then he says that we want, to, we want to continue to excel in our love of you. That it's not perfect, that we're always growing in here. And then Paul ends by saying this. He makes a, a specific point to the church in Corinth. See that you excel in this act of grace also. And the question is, well, what act of grace is we talking about? He was talking about you and I living with generosity. So what Jesus has done for us, eventually at some point in our following Jesus, should show up in our, in our generosity. And why is that important? Because generosity is both a tool and it is a test from God. And that helps us define current reality. That helps us surface kind of sometimes what's going on on the inside. And it shows us kind of where maybe we are hitting or maybe we're falling short. And in that place, we discover a God who is amazingly generous towards us. But we're not going to talk about the hands yet. Let's go right to the heart. Because when we talk about the heart, the hands naturally follow. By a show of hands, once again, full participation this morning on Technology Fail Sunday. No lyrics. No lyrics this morning. You did just sing from your heart. And if you were like me, a lot of the songs this morning, I was singing like, wait a minute, bro. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know the words. I thank God for Joseph prompting us. I had no idea what to sing. I did cornerstone. I knew that part. And then that was it. It's so good. Okay. But by again, by a show of hands, has anybody, and I'm not even talking about a human here, but has anybody here ever fallen in love with something? It's not a trick question. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like some of us fall in love with dogs. And it leads us to do things for our dog that we would never do outside of love. Sometimes we pick up things multiple throughout a day. (laughs) If you didn't love that dog, 
So if you next time stop and think about what you're actually doing in that moment and run it through a filter of pragmatism. What's the overriding positive thing? But I love my dog. And I love walking, not in stuff. I have a bulldog. I, I don't want to make I don't want to just gross you out. But they have wrinkles on the front of their face and the back of them. <laughs> and you have to clean out those wrinkles on the front and the back. And I have been slain in the spirit by the smells. <laughs> right now. But I love Dave. I mean, anybody here ever get a puppy? You get up in the middle of the night. Like, you get up in the middle of the night to take that puppy out to the washroom. When you, if you're like me, and I have to pee in the middle of the night, I'm always debating if it's worth it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I pee my own bed. <laughs> I don't really care. I'd rather sleep. You know what I'm saying? In the dead of February, you have that moment. You have to go, do you know what I'm saying? The puppy goes, mm, 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 I'm up. <laughs> when you love, you do things. You buy things. You say things. You, you plan things that are different that if you pulled all the love out of it and you look pragmatically just at what you're doing, you'd go, no, I'm not going to do that. But there's something that happens when you and I love. When we fall in love with Jesus. Not just when we come to church or not just when we do this or not just when we do that. When you and I fall in love with Jesus, it doesn't just change one thing, it changes everything. And if we can see it in such natural ways, the natural and the spiritual, there are these beautiful parallels. And you know what you and I discover? Is that generosity never starts actually with us, it starts with God. In the beginning, the scripture says, God created and said it was good. And God created and said it was good. And God first gave to humanity, not humanity gave to God. So generosity, the heart of it, doesn't even start with our love and motivation. It starts with God's affection towards us. God's heart towards us. Towards you and towards me. Jehovah, his name is Jireh. He is the God who provides. Mercy was new for you and for me this morning. Before you could do anything to earn it, before you could even demonstrate your worth, while you had morning breath, mercy was there. Whatever the night before isn't erased by mercy, but it is the opportunity for you and I to recognize the gospel every time we wake up that though I don't deserve it, you still love me. Though I may be unworthy because of what I've done, I am thankful, God, that I can confess my sin, I can explain it to you, and there may be consequences, but I stand in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because your mercy is new this morning for my heart and for life. Why? Because God is generosity. God is generous, that he is a rock. In other words, he, when, when we feel unstable or our lives lack stability, he is the solidification of our soul. Yeah. 
that we can stand on things that are greater than our feelings, that are greater than our thoughts. Every single one of us have feelings that are true, and every single one of us have feelings that don't lead us to truth. I'm not saying what you feel isn't true. You feel it, that's true. But if you're like me, I have feelings that are true that don't lead me to truth. They make me unstable, not stable. And in that moment, I thank you, God, that my life is not rooted on my feelings like you. It is rooted on a rock that is unchanging. So you and I, we need to change because we are imperfect. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why? Because you cannot improve upon complete and perfect. He's a fortress. You ever feel life buffets you? It says that he is a fortress. And it says that he is a shield. He is generous. He is a good shepherd who loves us but also leads us. He is a good father who loves, who corrects, who never leaves us. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, and for some of you who have been praying for the almighty smiter to smite someone, this is not your favorite Jesus moment. Because it says that he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good because he's generous. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Wouldn't you prefer if he just sent rain on the just? Well, if you, if, if, the problem there is that we always qualify ourselves as the just. But some of us aren't just just. This morning, we'll get there in a minute. Luke 11, verse 11 to 13 says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? That would be a horrible exchange. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, tell the person beside you and say, that's encouraging. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more, how much more will your heavenly father give? Everyone say, Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. God is generous. When we see Jesus, we see the true giving nature of God. For God so loved the people of this world that he gave. God is generosity. God is generous. For God so loved the people of this world, not just the planet of this world, the people of this world, that he gave and that he didn't just give certain things. He gave that which was most valuable and costly, his only son, that whoever, everyone say whoever, including who you might be saying, God smite them. Whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3, 16, God is generous for you, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, for you now, or you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Jesus now, yet for our sake he became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich. In other words, that we receive a gift of grace, of relationship that we could never earn with all the stuff in the world. 
that we couldn't earn by our perfection, that we couldn't earn just by keeping the rules, that we couldn't earn just by going through all the motions and doing all the religious traditions and going through all the hoops, that we couldn't earn it just in ourselves, that God is generous. And so he became what we are not to give us what we could never earn. God is generosity. God is generous. Acts 20 verse 35 says, in all things, not in some things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to what? To give than to receive. Try that as a marketing statement. You and I are bombarded by thousands of images a day that form us not in the way of the kingdom, but in the way of the culture. And they are effective, which again, and I say this not without shame whatsoever, whatsoever, but today the average Canadian is spending $1.79 for every dollar they make. If you also look statistically, the average Canadian is in debt $22,000 in consumer debt today. We, you are not only discipled in church. You are discipled by the radio. You are discipled by social media. You are discipled by Facebook. You are discipled. We are being discipled by advertising. And if you think it has no effect on our little hearts, then you, and what, what's the hook advertising always uses? You will be blank if you get blank so your photos and your memories will be even more vivid if you use our new phone those the ones we told you about last year they're terrible But some of us need to get set free by taking in moments with our eyeballs, not through our phones. Did you know that there are a lot of artists getting together that saying no more phones in concerts because they're ruining everything? If you get, if you get those pair of pants, man, those pair of pants, they're going to hold everything in the right way. You're going to I hurt my back on the right side doing that a little bit. And then you get those pants. How come on the ad they were like, mm, mm. And I get these pants and they're like, mm, mm. Because they have a wonderful thing called Photoshop. not real it's not real so in response to God's love he is offering us something better than greed he is offering us himself generosity Robert Morris from that book that I I mentioned beyond bless says this the fact is a life of true blessing walks on two legs One leg is generosity, and the other is stewardship. You need both to walk in a blessed life. So we'll talk about that as we keep going. We're going to do a story 
We're going to look at the greatest act of generosity the world has ever seen. And we're going to celebrate communion. And we're going to open the altars for prayer. Here's the story. Generosity is a sign in your story that your heart has been transformed by Jesus. My favorite story that illustrates this is Luke 19. If you have your Bibles, you can turn or tap. If not, it is going to... Screens? I don't know. He entered Jericho and was passing through. He entered where? Where? So this is New Testament. Jesus is entering Jericho. Yeah. Anybody remember a story about Jericho in the Old Testament? Yeah. Yeah. There's a prophetic word for some of you. There are some of you that are pressing through for a breakthrough in one season that may usher in something in another season. Just because your eyes don't see it doesn't mean that God doesn't see it and that he fulfills all things in his time. And so here we see Jesus enters Jericho and he was just passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector. Tell the person beside you and say, oh, Lord, have mercy. So he wasn't just a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector. And if you know anything about the time in the era in which they lived in, is that oftentimes the chief tax collectors would take more, they would extort more than they should. I know we have no understanding of that in 2019, but if you could activate your heart of faith to imagine how it would have been. But often under Roman rule in different parts and places of geography, they didn't much care what people did. So people were being extorted and being taken from more than. So it says here that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and he was rich. All right. But then the next sentence is a paradox to this sentence because here's the lie that it is exposing right away. It says he's a chief tax collector and he's rich, which means he has all the stuff he wants. And if stuff could satisfy his soul, he wouldn't be doing what's in the next verse. It says he has everything that he wants and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. It's because you and I know that money solves all problems. That the rich people in our world, they have no problems. Right? We know that. Right? We, we know that, like, if there's dysfunction in your life, if you just get that next thing, it fixes that. We know this to be true. So here's Zacchaeus, and he is seeking. What is he seeking? He's seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, everyone say on account of the crowd. On account of the crowd. And see, here's the thing with generosity. If you want to stay in the crowd, you're never going to see it. If you just want to ba, 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 and listen to what everyone else and do keep up with the Joneses, there's got to be a moment of faith where you step to something higher. And here's Zacchaeus. He's got all the stuff. But he's seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was... I think this was written, I know it was written by Luke, but I think Luke had some Canadian in him because he said he was small in stature. And I just think that's very politically correct and kind. (laughs) Didn't say he was short. He was small and he was diminutive in stature. Thank you, Luke. So he ran out ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he, Jesus, was about to pass that way. 
Now, that's important. That's a step of faith he's taking right there, right? Faith's important. But here's what's more important. It isn't what Zacchaeus was looking to see. It is that he's actually going to now discover God who is looking for him that is more powerful than Zacchaeus was looking for God. See, what you're going to discover is wherever you are in your life, whatever's going on, you turn your heart to God and you think, I found Jesus. No, 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 a thousand times no. He has been looking for you and waiting for you since the day you were born. He has been orchestrating circumstances for you to discover who he is because he is generous. And so here's Zacchaeus here in this moment. And here's what it says. And when Jesus came to the place, everyone say to the place. When Jesus came to the place where Zacchaeus' faith is now elevated and Jesus it says that he looked up. And it's amazing. And he said to him, so Jesus sees him. The God of heaven sees him and knows his past. Sees is not just, oh, I see you in the tree. It is this insight and knowing And that gets even more clear as we keep reading. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. And Jesus said this, and you need to hear this with both ears and your whole heart. For I must stay at your house today. For I must stay at your house today. Jesus didn't just see it. He said it. You have to ask, why did he say it? So Zacchaeus could hear it? No, so that everybody else, including and Zacchaeus, but everybody could hear that Jesus is saying to him, I know what you've done. I know who you are. And the God who is generous is going to risk his entire reputation on this man. Oh, I don't know if you're hearing this morning. You got two choices, church. You can stay in the crowd and allow your life to be defined by what everyone says about you. Or you can allow the God of heaven to fix his gaze upon you, which is absolutely brings us to a place of vulnerability because he knows everything in our lives. And Zacchaeus takes a step of faith to let Jesus in his house. And here's what I want you to see. The God of heaven in the person of Jesus Christ says this, it says in the scripture, so Zacchaeus hurried down and he came and he received them joyfully. And it says, and when they saw it, everyone say they saw it. When that same crowd saw it, they all grumbled. What did they say? He has gone to be in, oh, he has gone, sorry, let me just read here. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner, as if they weren't. How I many of that anybody's house that Jesus would have chose to gone to, he was going into the house of a sinner. And here's what's amazing. Luke tells us everything that happened. Tree, he's short in stature, climbs into a tree, runs ahead. He sees Jesus. Jesus sees him. Jesus speaks out. Zacchaeus receives him from joy. They go into the house and then nothing. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. But you know what? We don't need to know anything. Why? Because when Jesus is truly in your house, all things are possible. Jesus knows how to minister to you in your house, and he knows how to minister to you in your house, and he knows how to minister to Canadians in our house. He knows how to minister to Americans in their house, and everybody said, thank you, Lord. He knows how to minister to you in your house. And sometimes what Jesus does in your house, it's not anybody else's business what he's doing in your house. 
Why? Why does God sometimes cover that way? Because he is generous. And Zacchaeus, here's all we know. They go into the house. And all we know is in that house, here's what it says. And then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, behold, Lord. Not behold, rabbi. Because there's lots of rabbis. Not behold, teacher. Because there's lots of teachers. Ah, there's only one Lord. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the, what? To the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it uh, 10%. No, I'll restore it fourfold. And watch what Jesus says. And Jesus said to him, today, everyone say today. Salvation has come to this house. Since he is also a son of Abraham. What is that all about? Jesus made a promise to a man by the name of Abraham. And then he made a promise to a people that through you all the nations of the earth, earth will be blessed. And this is so vital. And again, we have good, such gratitude, as Pastor talked about last week, Pastor Barry, that we are not replacing the Jews. We are grafted in debt of gratitude that he's the son of also of Abraham. And it says, for the son of man came to seek and save the what? The lost, it is so powerful. Today, salvation has come to his house. And if you read it too quickly, you think like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did, was he saved because he gave all his stuff away? No, 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 no. That, that is the outflow of a heart that has been transformed by God. Zacchaeus no longer is trusting in his stuff as salvation. So that which he once held too tightly, that which we thought brought his life identity, no longer brings identity because he knows that he has been seen and loved by the God of heaven. And when he experiences the graciousness of God, the graciousness of Jesus, who absolutely risks his reputation to spend time with him, it transforms him from the inside out. And eventually it shows up in his hands. And so Zacchaeus, now gives liberally. Why? Because his heart has been transformed. 